0: Welcome to the Realized Gains podcast, a guide to real estate investing. Join our co-hosts, Jordan Lee and Stephen Tran, as we interview a diverse group of real estate investors, both amateur and professional. Our goal is to help you understand that anyone can invest in real estate. Tune in to hear creative strategies and learn from both our mistakes and our successes. You can find us where you love to listen to podcasts on YouTube or at jordanleemortgage.com.
1: Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Portland Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Steven Tran, uh, Portland real estate agent and investor, and this is my co-host Jordan Lee. And I'm a Portland-based mortgage lender. I'm licensed in 11 states and I'm also a real estate investor as well. So who are we going to be interviewing today? Oh, we have a great interview. Uh, it's with Alex Fan. He's a principal broker at Keller Williams for the Diverse Realty Group. Uh, funny thing is, he's my principal broker. <laughs> Um, He's been in the industry for over 15 years as a top producing agent in the state of Oregon and last year He was PMAR Realtor of the Year. Yeah, that's right And you know, I
0: first met Alex when he was the president of the local chapter of the Asian Real Estate Association Of America. He he was serving as the Portland chapter president So I've kind of known him as a super generous guy with his time you know, he's always investing in leadership opportunities and, and local boards and charities uh,
1: but but Stephen, as we'll see, you also we also know him as a real estate investor, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he flips multiple homes a year, and I know he just dipped his toes into commercial with a 10-unit recently, so that's fun. Yeah, it's crazy. But not only are we going to learn
0: from his successes, but we're also going to learn from his failures, which, which I also love about Alex is, you know, he's an open book and super ready to talk about, um, you know, because it's not always
1: just sunshines and rainbows when you're investing in real estate and... Yeah. No, he, he definitely tells me a lot of those stories. Uh, he's a great mentor, great principal broker, and definitely tells me a lot of the horror stories in the industry. And uh, with that said, let's get into the episode. Hey,
0: everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're here with Alex Fan. And um, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Stephen Stephen Tran. Hey, so Alex, maybe you can uh, just give us the quick one-two on how you got into real estate. I mean, I know you started really young, so maybe you can get into your
2: story. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me part of the podcast. I've been watching you guys; love to be uh, love to be here. So I was licensed in two thousand seven, and I decided to get into real estate because um, I bought my first home. I was in college. I was working at Intel at the same time and um you know home ownership was always a a dream basically i think my parents you know being immigrants to this country understood that home ownership was a a mechanism to build wealth in this country and so to me you know uh, and my parents being able to buy their first home too is really impactful for our family when that happened uh, when we bought our first home and we were renters before and uh, we lived in probably at least eight different apartment complexes, and I make the joke sometimes my dad would move so frequently because there were move in specials all the time. So we would be able to save <laughs> on rent and taking advantage of move in specials, right? And so Wait, we So, here, back in the day, you could get.
0: What did that even mean? I never even heard of that. Yeah,
2: like apartments would say, hey, two months free move in special, two months of rent free. Really? Or, so, you sign, like, if you
0: thing. sign a one year lease, yep. you would get two months of rent. Yep. Yep. It wasn't pay
2: a deposit for two
0: months of rent. It was huge. Right.
2: Yeah, totally different than this market. And we'll see, you know, how we how it shifts, you know. but But back then, yeah, it was apartment living. And I actually did a video one time, like, going back to one of those apartments, sitting there and, like, reflecting on, like, you know, where our family has come since those days, and so I, I decided to buy a home. I, I bought my first home in college, I actually used you know, student loans, and- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 hold <laughs> on, okay, so, how did you do that? Well, back in 2007, Jordan, uh, stated income was a, a pretty popular thing, and okay. you know, there wasn't much uh, checks and balances. Okay, so, so you,
0: were, you were going to school, you weren't working at all? I was working. You were was working, working. Like, on campus, or?
2: I was working uh, at, uh, at Intel. So oh, oh okay oh.
0: so you were working at intel while you were going to school yes yes okay, so, did you, okay. was your state in why well, did not correct? graduate school by the way so that oh. we can say <laughs> that now, too.
2: Yeah. hey i wasn't so focused on the school part but yes i was in school i was working going to portland state commuting i was living at home still with my parents and so making that commute and you know i really wanted to be out and have my own space it just wasn't working for me um, so yeah, I did kind of utilize some of my student loans to help with the down payment I did have income, but it was stated income back then. So they kind of like did whatever and I, I'll be honest. I probably was not a good candidate to buy a home, but everything worked out luckily for me everything worked out um, You know and, and, and I was able to bounce back even though in 2007 as many of you know, we headed into that that major economic recession so it was really tough for like three four years for sure but again i was able to navigate out of that who did you buy your home with was it someone that you ended up like yeah. working with later on then, or
0: is that that's how you it made was actually
2: industry? my employers uh well not my, not directly my employer but one of my management's um spouses so i was okay. referred to a spouse of a co-worker or a boss if you will manager and um, you know, I work with her name was Sandy. She's amazing. And funny story, like you know, ten years after I'd been a real estate agent, Sandy called me back. And I sold her property. <laughs> and she hired me to sell her home. Full circle, right? <laughs> and that's because she was getting out of the business. Uh-huh. You know, she was already you know, um, you know, uh, phasing out her business. And so yeah, she was very generous and giving me that opportunity to have me help her sell her home. But I got into it because I had Sandy helping me buy a home. I kind of like felt, being honest, and this is to no disrespect to Sandy, but I felt like, hey, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? If this is what it takes, I think I can do this, I can do this, you know? Um, and so I like, well, let's just get my real estate license. And got that, I was still working at Intel, and really just kind of like, not very passionate about the work that I was doing in the tech field, even though I love technology. Uh, It just wasn't the right fit and so I was working hard still doing real estate in the background and you know getting my feet wet and getting building up that experience and kind of then made this decision to just go all-in real estate you know and here we are 15 years later
1: nice Uh, can you kind of just tell people like what your role is currently and what you're
2: doing right now sure uh, I'm still in the game in the inter- in what I mean by that. I'm still showing property. I'm still listing property I am the principal broker and team leader for diverse Realty Group, which mm-hmm. is a team at Keller Williams and, um, you know, my goal is to to help the agents on my team. Steven's on my team. Yeah, I was going to mention <laughs> that. I'm, I'm actually serious? on. Uh, Alex is my principal broker, so I just wanted yes. to mention that. Yes. I mean, it's so funny. I met Steven at a bachelor party. You know? Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get into that. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, you know, I'm so proud of him, too, for how much he's been doing. You know, but my goal is to help everyone experience and be able to enjoy the benefits as I have. As I kind of shared earlier about Really, what you get out of home ownership and what it can do for a family, and and, you know, in many different ways. So, I I just want to be able to bring that opportunity to everyone. Yeah, but you know, really helping the agents on my team find that that level of success, build out what they want in their lives, because I do believe that real estate can create many of those opportunities for people. Um, I love it, and so uh, I do a lot of other things too. Um, you guys already know, but I volunteer a lot. Uh, Probably too much is what my wife would say. I need to scale back on the volunteering Um, But that's because I love helping people I love bringing value and helping be a solution based person and figuring out what to what to You know what it's gonna take to get to the next step. So yeah, yeah,
1: and obviously we're an investing podcast Uh, I really want to hear like what you know after getting in as a realtor and buying your first home how did you get started in investing and what did you do specifically first? Yeah, so you bought in 2007. What happened with that first investment?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was it as Because this is, is so, I you know, know. an interesting time, right? Yes. All right. I, look, you guys don't know this stuff, right? We all know what happened in 2007 market crashed. I bought that home for 230000 and then all of a sudden it was worth 150,000. So I was upside down in the mortgage, underwater basically. This was a condo or? A- this was a town home. Okay. And um, I was, a, you know, fairly still young. I bought it in college. So I had I had roommates, I had college friends who were living with me. I was renting every room out in the house. It actually had an oversized three car garage and I built a fourth bedroom in the garage. <laughs> like, and it, it was bigger than some of the other bedrooms actually. It was really big and comfortable. You know you built it you even at you like, you uh, me like I, 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 put, I put up a wall yeah I put in carpeting Man, all yourself no. huh? Yeah. yeah well me and my other roommate Steve okay you know so we, we built this wall house hacking back in the day the yeah, house, house, hacking, before yeah, you know, house hacking. the original house hacking build a room in your garage rent it out and was at least insulated <laughs> it was okay yeah <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was it was insulated it had heat it had a door actually and a patio. Wow! So it was uh, one of those townhomes or a really big, you know, tucked under a garage. Yeah. yeah and it had a huge space. So yeah, it was a it was a pretty decent room. There was even about a half bath on the ground level. So that wow. person had their own bathroom basically. Nice. You know, so it worked out. But you know, long story short, like going back to the story, like the recession was here. I was under upside down. I mean, I will actually show. I short sold that property you know, I had to, you know, so I didn't know at that time if, when the economy. Well, why did you back? feel like you had to do that?
0: Because you couldn't meet the monthly payment or just yeah. because you were upside was, down or? Well, both. Maybe did your month... monthly payment change? Yeah, um, was it an adjustable
2: rate mortgage. It didn't change necessarily. I had two mortgages on the property when I bought it. It was an uh, 80, you did like 80. Okay. So he did an 80 or 90 day, or something okay, like that. Well, that yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And so, and the rates back then were eight, nine percent. Okay. Okay. So the payments were pretty high, and um, again, the economy in general was kind of slowing down substantially. So income was was tough. I had a lot of just you know young college consumer debt too. So Mm -hmm. it was all piling up. Student loan debt. Student (laughs) loan debt. Yeah. All this stuff. Exactly. You know. Um, I short sale the property the bank agreed to allow me to do that right. um, I w- I had seven years of bad credit honestly after that and where right. I couldn't obtain credit but that was okay but I mean, what did you learn in the short sale process
0: uh, so much I don't know what even I mean you- cuz didn't you learn how to do a short sale right yes. and then yes. you did did that service for other people exactly
2: so that actually was what I believe helped me grow my skills and experience in real estate. So I was taking a situation where it was so depressing and bad for me, and I was like, How do I help other people going through this? And so um, I, I bought a domain, portlandshortsales.com, yeah. very lucky, started building resources on how to help other people that were going through the same situations as me. And I started becoming like a counselor, just talking to people about the hardships helping them through it. At the height, I had like 20 plus short sale listings at a time, and it was so much work, like processing short sales, but that's what gave me kind of the, the platform to build a business on, and then I built reviews and client base from that, and it kind of just started going from there, you know?
0: So you were kind of like the go-to for short sale at that time. Yeah, yeah, me and a,
2: a handful of other agents in the area were really, focused and specializing on short sales so yeah i was able to grab a big chunk of that market share and um use that as a foundation to continue building the business you know um you know anyway so short sale that property didn't have credit for a long time but worked really hard i was building saving a lot my my partner at the time uh, you know spouse now spouse you know she qualified for a loan so she bought our next home because i couldn't get a loan you yeah. know on our home anymore sorry a
0: lot of our listeners might not really know what a short sale is we haven't had those recently it's kind of a um i mean that term is something that a lot of people use but maybe a lot of us don't understand so what does it mean when you sell your house short because right you were like you said you were negative equity you talked to the bank
2: and what did that what did that mean for yeah you? okay a short sale is when you owe more on the mortgage than what the home would potentially sell for on the market so in that example I owed 230 plus plus arrears you know and in the market at the time in the market it was worth one 150 50. Yeah. and that was a decline it kept declining right yeah. like hey it's worth 160 now next month is worth 150 And so we put the home on the market, a buyer came, made an offer. You have to go and get approval from the bank to sell it for less than what they owe. Banks aren't just going to allow you to sell it for less. You had to have a a complete hardship package, which you had to prove that you had a real hardship. You didn't have the ability to repay back the loan Mm -hmm. on those terms. Um, And so based on the the hardship, the, the lender or bank uh, would uh, potentially approve you to sell it for less. Some lenders would approve short sales, but still kind of put you on the hook potentially for 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 the difference, um, difference yeah. in the future. You know, but as a you know a short sale negotiator, my, my goal was always to get a um, release, a full release from okay. the mortgage holder from that. So you're released from the debt, mm-hmm. and then you,
0: but you have of course the short sale on your credit. Mm-hmm. Um but otherwise you didn't have to repay the debt. And were not you able to collect a commission though? Or so, you, are you able to get paid out of no, that be. No, you could not be oh, you uh, didn't represent I yourself. couldn't represent
2: myself. It wouldn't be an arm's length transaction right, right, right. in that scenario. So yeah, I had a different broker list the property, sell the property, okay. etc. Yeah. Um but yeah, I was able in my, my particular scenario, uh fortunate enough that the lender approved my hardship package. Uh, Gave me a full release from the the liens and liability of repaying them in the future. Mm -hmm. So all that negative uh, balance Wasn't gonna affect me but afterwards once it was completed um, You know, it's permanent on your your credit history for 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 at least five to seven years You know and for me it took the full seven-year cycle before I saw that my credit started actually rebounding and and growing interestingly enough, you know Um, and um, so yeah, I hope that answered that
0: question. Yeah, and that, that makes that makes sense. So you were helping other people afterwards negotiate go through and negotiate that same process. You had the experience. Yeah. Um, but during so during that time period, you were saying you were able to still invest in some property. With um, friends, or how did you end up yeah. doing that? So then said,
2: through Kim, right? Through Kim. Well, that was buying our next home. Okay. You know, so we still had to live somewhere, and um, my now wife, at the time, she had a, had a good job still. She's in the healthcare field, so she was able to still get a mortgage, <laughs> and she was the purchaser for our, our you know, then home. Um, and then I continued working on building my real estate, you know, just my job. Um, my My next investment I got into was our first flip. Um, you know, I've always been interested in wanting to flip properties. I know we all see shows uh, and watch H- at least I do watch HGTV. <laughs> you know? I'm a realtor. I watch that stuff. And you know, I was like, yeah, I want to do it, but a lot of fear about how to do it, where to find the property, how to finance, how to have the money to like do it. I'm not a contractor. I don't have all the experience. So, like most people, it was really a huge undertaking and seemed overwhelming. Um, and it kind of fell, the first one fell on my lap. I was an agent for a seller, uh, helping a, a person sell their home. And this is still at the end of that 2009, 2010 period where the market was still not like it is today. Um, and my client really had to get out of his property. And we had it on the market, weren't getting interest. Um, I, I naturally said, hey, time to, for us to consider reducing the price. Uh, what price would you consider and the number he and his wife said to me was so shocking I was like are you sure like uh, would you sell it to me for that price and he said yeah if you would buy I absolutely would sell it to you right and I, I wasn't gonna charge him a commission either at that point but um, and I didn't want to take advantage so like and I talked to my broker the principal broker at our office we had a full appraisal done gave the, the client options to back out they didn't they just wanted to sell the home so our first flip came from one of my listings that I ended up buying. Um, it was in Northeast Portland. We I don't remember what we bought it for, but we ended up making about fifty thousand dollars on that project in a in a span of about four months. Um, and so we used a hard money loan to purchase the property. Um, I partnered with my then business real estate partner, uh, and we 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 you know 50 50 did right we it was a i think a 10 percent down private money loan and they didn't care about your credit exactly didn't care about our credit we had to form an llc to get the loan which was super easy to do um and then we did 10 percent down uh, instead of 20 you don't have to do 20 25 with private financing but they do charge higher interest rate What's nice about private financing compared to like a conventional is that they don't have your traditional underwriting. They can close in sometimes as little as a week to 10 days. Um, and it's basically all cash, you know? And so for a seller, it's great because it's fast and they just want to get out of the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it does have a higher interest rate. You know, I think that first one we did, it was, I think 12% interest, I, I think back then, or it could have been even up to 14 at the time. Um, and there was two points that we paid two for the loan. Typical, so yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we bought the home. We found a contractor on like Craigslist. You know, like <laughs> you know, like, we were just like we didn't just know. We didn't, know any we, right? we didn't yeah. have any connections. Yeah, so we we found somebody who looked experienced enough, and um, luckily everything worked out. She was great, uh, and you know we were able to turn it over that house. We. Finished out the basement, it had a basement that was unfinished, so we finished it out, drywalled it, made it, carpeted, and the kitchen was already done, bathroom was already done. Nice. So we just refinished Perfect. the hardwood floors, changed out windows, things like that. Total investment, I, I can't remember, but it wasn't like high, it was maybe like 50, 60k, something like that. Did your your, your hard money loan have that rehab budget in it? No. No. Okay. I, I actually <laughs> have never taken rehab money out of private money loans before myself. Um, I and my real estate partner at the time, we had the liquidity to just pay the contractors. Cause you know, you pay interest if you borrow from the hard right, money right. lender on those yep. funds. So we didn't want to pay more interest. Um, so we, we luckily just had money, we paid for it. And like I said, we ended up selling it, making about 40, 50 K on that, which we split. And that's 40, 50 K before taxes. <coughs> you know, I right. think a lot of people don't factor that in. Yeah, you, you pay and it's ordinary income. Yeah. So you're actually paying a pretty high level of taxes on that money. Short-term um, capital gains, right? Uh, it's just in, just an ordinary in, income. Income. It, income, okay. income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you hold it for more than a year, if you buy a flip and you rent it out and you hold it for more than a year, then you can you can shift it into a different, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, that's not what we were doing. I wish in hindsight we had kept that property. <laughs> Back then, I think we sold it for 350000 It's probably worth, 600. But then,
0: you know, it also, you know, set you up to have more liquidity for the next project, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's what flipping does.
2: Flipping helps you build the bankroll up. Basically, you're building up that that savings, that re- retained earnings as it's called, and you're reinvesting it that into other projects. So, and commissions weren't as big back
0: then either, right? I mean, that was, you know, how home value your average sales price was probably half of what it is now. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Being an agent actually does give you some benefits in terms of that, you know, like Jordan mentioned commission, when we see homes on the market and they're offering uh, uh, an agent, you know, commission rate, I can apply that towards my closing costs. I can basically take it as a just straight cut off the price, which is what I always prefer to do Mm -hmm. because if you receive commission, then you're receiving income and you're paying taxes on that money too. So I just take the, the off the price. Right, so lower sales price, lower financing price, all that stuff. Okay. And um, fine, yeah. Um, yeah, so gosh, looking back, I've done 10 flips now. And uh, luckily, I haven't lost my shirt on any of them yet. Not of them <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but now, and you use one contractor
0: now who's like your main person that's, yeah. The same person for every job at this point. Yeah. Uh, you still use private money or are you more HELOC or combination?
2: Uh, it's a combination in the terms that I sense that I use a HELOC for the down payment if needed, yeah. uh, but I'm still going through private money for okay. the finance. Just extra finance. Yeah.
0: And then are you more doing flips to sell or are you doing them more for
2: burring or a combination of both? We did our first burr this last year, um, or it was this year, I guess. And um, yeah, like I said on that, I wish I kept them all. They didn't, you know, they didn't, under, <laughs> didn't know, like you're always like, hey, we need the money, right? We wanna get out of it. So burr is when you buy a property, you rehab or renovate the property, you then rent out the property. After it's completed, you get a tenant, you put it in the rental pool, and then you refinance it with a, ideally a cash out refi to pull out all of your original or initial investment. Or part of it, right? To get you that cash back, and now you stabilize the property with a tenant in place that has a rent that's covering the mortgage more so, right? Giving you some positive cash flow. So, uh, and then you—the last one is repeat. You take that money you were able to pull out, and you go do it again. So we we did we held our first one this year, and um, we're making about I think a, roughly a four hundred dollars spread still on that property. Right. Um, and I refinanced out with Jordan. Yep. yep. So um, and it was you weren't stuck in too much,
0: right? You were only stuck in like fifteen or something like that. At, after the cash out. Yeah. Were you stuck in just a little bit? I can't remember it. I can't remember Could the numbers. We, on. Yeah, were you able
1: to get your whole initial investment out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was, was the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, I, I just, thought you, I thought you
2: were stuck in a little just, bit, but just the perfect, perfect bird. No, just the perfect number. Yeah, I think. What I about really the? Didn't yeah. you do a commercial one too? Yeah, this year. So we tackled our first biggest project. We bought a, a ten unit uh, mixed use commercial property in the Park Rose area of Portland on Sandy Boulevard uh also i acquired that property through a wholesaler um and so it landed in my inbox and went out to take a look at it and you know since i've got jordan mentioned i've got this contractor i have a really strong relationship with now and kind of trust and depend on them um i looked at this big project i was like yeah we could do that you know it's totally right up our alley you know and we were looking for something bigger and so we're able to take it down, and you know it's it's a process, a long process. You know, <laughs> but, you know we're getting through it, and I'm very excited. Actually, you know, I mean it's super amazing. It came down on the wholesale list. We we got for um, you know seven fifty. Oh my! God. And, and ten was he, units. Was less than I thought. I thought you <clears> said <it was> eight hundred. <throat> well, it was it was listed at eight hundred. Okay. I got it in contract for eight hundred, but as I went through my Due, due kind of diligence. due diligence, yeah. you know. I was like, "Oh, this is worse than I thought." You know, basically. Uh, and it's funny because the wholesalers they don't they don't have any information on the property. They're right. all speculating too. So right. I would say be careful about what like all these wholesale lists. They'll give you these estimated budgets and things. And the, they don't know anything. First of all, they're and I don't mean that to disrespect them, but they're making assumptions basically because they're not <laughs> spending. The and money they're not inspecting the property. They they're don't know these things exactly. Yeah. So whatever the homeowner tells them, they're gonna make some assumptions based sure. on what they know. So you, you shouldn't always look at those numbers. But the um, in my case, those brokers gave me some assumptions on the sewer lines being, you know, really bad and the foundation being really bad. wasn't well, really that bad, you <laughs> know. Right? are yeah. not. Okay, thanks, guys. Anyway, whatever, right? But it is still a, a tough process. But anyways, we got for seven forty five. Amazing. And it appraised for one point two as is. So that was crazy and um, yeah we're we're, I gave myself 18 months to work on this project Mm. uh, in the sense like I want to make sure like from start to finish it's completely stabilized (coughs) all renovations done and we're now six months into the project Um, four units are complete Uh, I just got we offered cash for keys for three of the tenants this week to move them out one person accepted yesterday I'm hoping the next two accept over the next week and then you know evictions on some other units, you yeah, know. But you give them like uh, how many days for keys to get out? Um, we 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 gave them a fourteen day period for the offer period. Yeah. And then the the amount we offered will be reduced after that. And we offered more than what city of it's in portland's so We offered more than what city of Portland's base is for for the unit size. Yeah. To incentivize yeah. them to just take the offer. Um, and um, after that it'll diminish and then we' give them like a 30 day period to, to make the move.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. I remember I was in the office when you said this deal came across your table for 10 units for this price point. I was like, uh, can I get it? <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> are we hesitating and I was like, you should go buy it. like I don't care where it's at. Yeah. I don't care if it's class D minus tenants or whatever. like that's, that's a good buy, you know even if yeah. it's just studs and you know you have the, the
2: capacity to just kind of build out that many units. like yeah, you know. I mean, yes, it is, but it's hard to, I mean, like being real about it at this point, like this is a, it's a, not for everyone. I mean, you got to have thick skin to, and get through this and not be traumatized, basically. I mean, there's really, you know, it's a sad, it's a sad thing to honestly see in our city. I mean, I'm going to share this too. I was there this last Friday with my wife. We we're in the unit, vacant unit, measuring for windows. There's literally a gunshot bullet in the window where we're standing there. And, um, you know, long story short, I, I, I had to call 911 because there was something happening at the property at the time. And I haven't been able to engage with the police yet in, you know, on this property. So there's an opportunity for me to do that. Anyways, I was on 911, you know, when I dialed 911. Yeah. It was literally five minutes before really? the operator took answered my call. That was like a wake-up call in the city. Like, whoa, if this was a real emergency. Five minutes just went by where I'm on hold. So I, I don't know. I, I gotta write a letter. I think to somebody. But uh, anyways, an officer came out, met us, and you know, talked to him. But yeah, you know, uh, be aware of where you're buying property. Understand the lo- locality. Find, build relationships with local people. If you're not gonna be there, because you you know, you don't know what's happening, right? Uh, anyways, it's a great investment. I'm very excited, happy for it. So you know um yeah it
0: takes a little bit of work but the long-term reward is
1: significantly higher right totally I mean, even short-term like you said you just had it appraised for CPU. that's true <laughs> significantly more than you bought it for like what that was like what six months ago yeah yeah
0: yeah and does that mean yeah. you were able to refi and recapture yet or are you're Not waiting yet. until it's stabilized before i'm waiting you refi. For, yeah i'm gonna wait you can get the max basically exactly
2: once i have it fully stabilized with all new tenants at market rate rents and the whole property cleaned up uh, I believe it will appraise for north of 1.5, you know, um, our rehab budget on this project, so you guys know too. Like, it's like 300K to remodel. So I bought it for $750. i am going to put 300 plus into it. So we're in for a million. So if I do refi at 1.5, yeah, I've got equity, but I don't know how much <clears throat> I'll, I will pull. It obviously depends on the numbers at that time. Right? Yeah. You know? But my goal again is to, to do the burr. I ideally get my 250 300 back out and just refinance up the million and, and keep the cash flow and then get property management and everything to yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've got pro- professional management this was my first time actually so all, all of my single family rentals I managed myself that yeah. I own personally own <laughs> uh, this was such a big project and the types of tenant, I just didn't want to be involved in, in that layer of it yeah because you can take it so personally right
1: you know no I get that so I don't think we got into the other rentals you own other than mm-hmm.
2: the the Woodlawn wood one that you have yeah. suburban. Like how many yeah. other rentals do you have? Uh I, don't, I mean, I've got one in Roseburg, I've got one in Lincoln City. Uh, I think that's it. So okay. Between those uh the, you know, I got 10 in Portland, so that's 12. Almost. Yeah, that was a big jump. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. yeah I went from 2 to 12. Maybe. two doors a of dough
0: and yeah. that's all in the commercial and you don't have anything else in the commercial space you do mm-hmm. no okay.
2: no my family you know has some property that i help them manage oh that you help well. them manage yeah okay, exactly well, that's right i yeah. thought there was another experience. yeah there is other stuff that i help with in my family yeah and so obviously you
1: have the flipping and now you have like these properties you're holding does that really kind of change your strategy moving forward or what, what is your thought process
2: yeah, I think, you know, I have, I've been trying to buy a flip again this year. The market is so tight, I have not been able to buy one. And, you know, I'm I'm kind of glad I didn't because I figured, <laughs> I, I don't know how much of you guys paid in the meter, right? If I bought something in January, February, I would probably be finishing and going on the market now or soon or later, right? And the market has taken a little bit of an adjustment. Yeah. You know, so I'm actually okay because the people were paying 400K for fixer uppers, you know? And I was like, I don't see the the margins in here for me to and get didn't, out. Didn't values increase 3% in April? They did. <laughs> I mean, they did. Like, yeah. yeah, they did. I mean, that's one percent But, like, you know, yeah. where, where I always kind of, you know, this is personal. When you see everybody getting in at this time, everybody wants in, like, oh, I, I slow down and be cautious now because sure. everybody's getting sure. in. Everyone believes it. And I didn't want to get fall into a trap again. So I didn't want to get caught holding the bag, if you will, right? And... Everybody's and their mom is getting into to investing basically. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just watch it, see, and then wait for the right opportunities. You know, you gotta be ready for the opportunity because when the opportunity sh- does show up, if you're not prepared yet, you're, you don't even have sure. a chance. Yeah. You know, so you gotta be patient and diligent about it, but being prepared with your finance ready to go, your whatever else. That way, when I spot a deal, I know I'm just gonna buy it and close on it. And if it gets too escalated, I'm going to waver and just watch. I'm glad I kind of did because I feel like the market's a little, you know, yeah. whatever right now. Right. And if it's something that you're going to hold on to
0: long term, you don't really have to worry about that as much, right? That's yeah. As long as it... Yeah, rent, rents
2: are continuing to grow um, still. And so, yeah, the burr, I I think, seeing to your question, is I, I'm going to do a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife, Kim, we said our goal was always to be able to ideally flip Two properties a year and hold one property. Okay, you know so do two flips and hold one. So three a year, hold one. Or I made it a goal on my um on my last birthday was by the time I was forty to have forty doors. So I only have a few years, and that's going to take going from twelve now to forty, right? So you know bigger jumps. You know so we are looking for larger multifamily properties out there that need to be renovated and turned over. So that's something we're looking more for. Um, but well, so, I mean, you went
0: six x last year, so you shouldn't have <laughs> trouble, <laughs> trouble going yeah, 6 x every single year. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but you, ta- you take
2: you take them, you know, when you find them, right? So it's all about you can't you that, can't always predict. That that I'm not name, I'm yeah. not gonna make an offer or buy something just to get to my goal. You know, it's still gotta make sense. And I just, you know, going through that short sale through from 07 and that then like really taught me a lot about just management of your money and making mm-hmm. sure you're like you you know, keep home base safe, not over enough. leveraged. Exactly. Yeah. I know. mean, speaking of that, I feel
0: like a lot of real estate agents and people in this industry too are, are hyper focused on rentals and real estate. Do you, do you have a more holistic approach to finance from going back based because of that? Like, do you also put money in your 401k and an IRA? Do you, yeah. do, you do that stuff as well? Work with the financial advisor?
2: I don't have a financial advisor. I do invest or put money away into, I'm a small business owner, so I, I have an IRA set up. I, I haven't done a 401k, we don't, you know, I don't I don't, I don't have any other employees right now, so it did not make sense to do that mm. for me. Um, but yeah, I continue to put money, the max every year I'm allowed to do to my IRA. Oh, with an, and with a
0: SEP IRA, that's huge, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is the huge benefit of being self-employed, which I'm, I hate to say it, but like we don't really talk about that as realtors. I mean, obvious and and lenders. I mean, we're not self employed, but a lot of real estate folk, I think, ignore that advantage is mm-hmm. that you can put a ton extra into your SEP because you don't have the four hundred one k opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: So yeah, for those of you listening who aren't doing that, I mean, take advantage. I've seen it grow tremendously without doing anything other than making contributions. Stock market obviously is wavering right now, but you know, I'm thirty eight. I'm not banking on looking at that money until I'm 60 plus years old, right? So. Do you know what the max contribution amount is? And it's all pre-tax, right? It's based on what you pay. It's a percentage of how much your income is or, or your salary. You know, So depending on how you compensate yourself is going to be a percentage of that. Yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm newly self-employed, so I need to
2: learn all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean,
0: I think there probably is a maximum, but then, yeah, it's... Yeah, there is a
2: maximum, there's a percentage, too, based on your income, based on that. It's yeah, That's so, yeah. yeah, it's pretty high. Yeah, it's pretty high. It's good.
0: We're going to have a CPA coming in and talk to us about that next time. <laughs> well, yeah, we know show. a couple, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely. You know, um, yeah, just making sure that the budget... You know, the numbers are all there. Um, you know, for me, just staying out of debt, ideally, or leverage you know, calculated leverage debt is okay with me, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? Right, <laughs> so, yeah, having yeah.
0: debt that, you know, you cash flow from is, we would consider to be good debt, right? Yeah, Having credit card debt, probably not that great, but if you have a mortgage on a property that, you know, you're arbitraging on, you're getting cash flow. Right. That's good debt.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I actually, I want to share that I got I decided to jump into the apartment space because I was actually helping other clients as a real estate professional still in the game. I'm helping my clients invest in properties and learning from their experiences. And one of my more recent clients who bought several apartment buildings, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow. First of all, I like selling apartment buildings more. <laughs> <laughs> no. Submissions are much nicer, <laughs> and and it's you know less emotional. Obviously, mm. it's about the numbers, the cash flow. Obviously, the condition is still a factor of it, but just understanding the mechanisms for financing, understanding the the cash flow that a property does generate, those are all businesses, right? Every apartment building you look at is an actual business. has a net operating income. Mm. It has a fixed expense, you know, debt service on it, all that stuff. So you're buying, when you're buying an apartment building or a multifamily, you're, you're buying, you're investing in a business basically, right? So look at that rent, are rents can continue to rise, stay flat, whatever it is, is the area desirable enough where people will want to rent that area. And that's a solid investment. Plus you learn how they depreciate these properties, how they take accelerated depreciation on the properties, Cost segregation, all these other financial tools that I never even knew about, right? Now I understand it's like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. So for me, I wanted to continue building that. You know, one of my friends in California, his name is Rich Kwok uh, with Century 21. I'm so amazed. Like he and his wife have built up, they own like seven commercial properties now, like from Burger King's and like, you know, commercial retail buildings. Mm -hmm. Again, you're you're buying a business. You have a fixed uh, corporate tenant with a fixed lease, corporate lease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're doing great. You know, oh,
1: triple net, and they cover all your expenses and your taxes, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah, and well, obviously, with your transition into this multifamily, you know, like you got a property where you're obviously fixing it up. You're gonna get the market rents up, and then you can force basically appreciation on that mm-hmm. by getting to market rents, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that's really exciting for you? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, totally. I love it. I love yeah. seeing the change too. I mean, really I care about people at the end of the day and I see the community and I'm like, it needs, it needs, it needs. everything needs work, right? You have to put effort into things. So I'm I'm doing my part for that one property and right. I hope that's gonna be something that shows the, uh, the rest of the community, like, look, people are doing it. We can do it. We can revitalize this area. And I see park where it's just gonna blow up too, just like everywhere else, so matter of time always
0: time <clears throat> and so I mean Alice, as you mentioned earlier you're involved in a lot of like other types of things in real estate what do you do you see like being a realtor or a real estate agent a broker as giving you access to other fields whether it's like the, the nonprofit um, you know politics those types of things have you felt like that gives you you know access to these other things that you know working at your other job didn't
2: yeah for sure um, the people I meet every day I mean you know when you work in real estate right the home is an essential part of everybody's life so being able to serve clients I have a very broad mix of clients that work in to your point government in healthcare, in technology and Every day I get to meet and get referrals to meet more people, of course. So that's how you build a, a successful real estate business is always being out there, meeting new people, um, providing them service and value. And for me, it has opened up those doors because i always love that. Uh, yeah, it's a great door opener. You know, you get a real <laughs> you never know which door is going to open for you, which opportunity, right? You just got to walk through it. And uh, for me, I, I I enjoy that volunteering aspect, so I have – you know joined a few different boards and uh, things like that and uh, similarly that's been able to get me more referrals and so yeah I, have, I, I think it's great I think real estate really does give people that opportunity to you know find where their passions are because if you focus on that you, you there's plenty of business in real estate business in those areas
1: so yeah that was great and I would also like to mention I don't know I know that uh, I was a little bit humble about this but he did win Realtor of the year last year so what was it this year?
2: It was last year. Um, Pmar twenty twenty one Pmar Realtor of the Year. Yeah, right? Portland yeah. Metropolitan Association Realtors. We have roughly nine eight nine thousand members in that in that, and I was awarded Realtor of the Year, which you know is is for me. I don't talk about it as much even, and humble about it because really it's recognition from my peers from my from my professional group. You know how it translates to my clients is that. You know, you know when you hire me, that the brokers on the other side do have, maybe or maybe not, some basis of you know, knowledge of who I am. Yeah. Um, I'm easy to work with. And like, I will, I'm not a bulldog unless I'm negotiating, right, and it, and it <laughs> needs to be. But I, I think having those relationships in the professional field help my clients dramatically. When I ask for feedback from agents, they're very honest with me, they tell me straight up, and getting the real info is what benefits the client. They need to know what's happening, so that way we can adjust accordingly and capture the market. Um, I'm, I'm able to, you know, I have a pretty good track record when it comes to selling homes too, so people people know. And then that helps. I mean, that's good because I know you're not telling people, but I am. So, great. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And, you know, I mean, you know, I, I also feel like it's like too egotistical to yourself. So, thank you for sure. doing that. Sure. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. I, don't I mean, it's that. great for our business, obviously, knowing that. Yeah. And
1: obviously, my mentor and principal broker is Realtor of the Year. You know, it really yeah. helps our business. So, yeah. I try to shoot it out any chance I get. Of so, course. Of course. that's of course.
2: part of, you know, like I said in the very beginning, of my role now is helping my, agents on my team you know find their level of success where they want it to be it could be yeah building up a really diverse or um you know investment portfolio to replace their 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 other job if you will you you came from you know a full-time software engineering position and now being able to free yourself away from that Because you've been able to build up enough passive income, right? Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's, I think, everyone's dream. Like, how can we live our own best life and what we want it to be? And sometimes we get into a career or job we kind of just, like, continue with. We didn't really know, but we had to because it felt like the, the best thing. And we're stuck in a place where, you know, we make good money. We're okay. We're providing for our family, but we don't have that... Kind of like passion or like that energy so we always have to find other things to do I feel so fortunate to be in a job career where I love what I do and I can I can I can do that so
0: and as we have up here I wanted to ask you kind of two things one um, I mean I know you bring on a lot of new agents um, and you train a lot of agents um, so like a, what would you suggest to anyone that's interested in getting into real estate Um, and then B just kind of where how we reach out if someone if one of our listeners would like to contact you sure have you have some questions where do they find you yeah
2: if you're interested in getting into real estate whether as an investor or as a broker licensee you know um, just say one of the best um, you know advices I always got from somebody right and this is not a ripoff from Nike right Nike we all know is just do it Um, my my mentor friend said do it now you know, do it now. Is that something you want? Do it now. Go do it. Because, right, if you're not and you're just thinking, thinking, it's always analysis paralysis. And we end up not doing, not moving forward. Right, something. don't go read a book about it, right? Yeah, just go do it. Yeah. Go sign up for the course. What's stopping you? Just go do it. Put yourself there. And you'll be there. You'll be one step closer. You know, so just get into it. Reach out to people like me. You know, I mean, you're seeing, like, we, we want to put out these things because we want, we are approachable. Um, find a good mentor, a good a friend who's yeah. already in it. Um, hopefully they're willing to help you. Um, I'm the current chair for the Oregon Realtor Diversity Committee, and I'm proud to announce we did launch a mentorship um, oh. uh, program this year for pre-licensees. So if you don't have your license yet and you're interested, you can actually join as a mentee, be partnered with a mentor uh, somewhere in our state. Uh, there's a whole curriculum and they can kind of show you a little bit about you know a little bit what it takes to be a realtor um, how to be successful in real estate and then again if you want to get into specific investing you got to find those people that are doing it like us right now you know and talk to us we uh we're part of a group called the asian real estate association we have regular meetups or just mixers if you will where we just have drinks and just talk shop basically we talk about our deals how we're structuring certain deals where we're getting our deals, where we're getting the financing, creative solutions. So we talk, we we share that a lot because there's so much opportunity out there. There's 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 everywhere you yeah. look, I right? Mean, we'll find partners there too, you know. Yep. Exactly. Big, so. yep. Yeah. We <laughs> JV or joint venture or partner on projects mm-hmm. together. Um, so you don't have to like my first flip. I found a partner, you know. I and I had I did uh, nine flips with that partner before I ended up going solo completely. So it's okay to partner and, and do that while mm-hmm. you skill and level up, yep. you know, but just get out there and find someone. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And if they want like I said if people wanted to reach out to you, how can they find you basically? Okay. Go to our website diverserg.com, which stands for Diverse Realty Group. Um, you can just Google Alex Span, you'll find me um connect to us also on uh, you know actually a resource we we all enjoy is bigger pockets it's a great um you know resource for for investors mm-hmm. um steve and i are both on there and so, so yeah you, you'll find us we're not hard to find yeah jordan how can people find you um yeah you can just find me on my website as well at jordanlee mortgage.com and uh, my instagram is Lee mortgage so they're okay yeah. i said earlier i re- i I do my business with Jordan Lee. <laughs> Not just because of it, but like, he's a great guy, he's a great, like like I said, we collaborate, we help, and that's what you want. You want a real partner, Jordan Lee is a partner.
1: Yeah. And what about you, Steven? Yeah, um, I'm also part of the Diverse Realty Group, so I'm also on DiverseRG.com, and you can find me on Instagram at StephenNanquan.com, or not .com, at StephenNanquan, so that's <laughs> uh, S-T-E-V-E-N-A-N-Q-U-A-N. Yeah, I know it's weird, I've had it since I was 14, uh, that username. So I just kept it going. So find me there. Yeah, I don't think I'd be as popular with Little bit Boy. Yeah, think <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. I, I have
2: a right. Well, thank you both for having me here, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate thanks it. for tuning in. Yeah, Thanks. Right. Thanks.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Realized Gains podcast. If you have any questions for our co-hosts or guests, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube or at jordanleemortgage.com